0: Hello and welcome to the Thursday program. It was an exciting game, at least for most of the second half last night at Corbett Soccer Stadium, but a loss for the Bulls in the War on I-4 men's soccer variety. You'll have highlights of that coming up in our second block when we'll also preview tonight's matchup between the women's team and Houston. Of course, yours truly will be on the microphone for that. At 7 o'clock, we'll also tell you how women's golf wrapped up its event out in Colorado, what's next for both golf teams. Of course, we've got football here for you. The Bulls going up against SMU this week, facing a tough challenge. And something about SMU you might not know, this could be a situation where I don't know if there's going to be a natural letdown for the Mustangs. They're very talented. But I'll just paint a scenario there for you coming up in this blog. But you'll also hear from Glenn Spencer and Charlie Weiss. And i got to tell you, the way that Spencer ended his Zoom call with the reporters really brought home how much it's hurting the defensive side of things. You know, they had the game in their hands a couple of times where they could have got it back to the offense. you know, they couldn't do that really on Saturday in Provo, Utah. And if you think... That just slides off their backs. It does not. You'll hear from him. In fact, when the coordinators are doing their Zoom calls on Wednesdays with the media, I'm actually sitting just a few feet away waiting to grab both of them for our pregame interview, and I'll give you some insight on that here. Well, right now, let's start off with the defensive side of things, and as you know, it's been a big situation with the lack of depth on that side of the ball. It's been that way all year. I don't think the Bulls ever really had what they considered a good depth on the defensive line. It's something they're trying to build. Linebacker, not bad. Secondary they seem to have addressed it. But early on, Will Jones, actually two days before the season begins, goes down with a season ending injury. Christian Williams goes down in the first home game, and from there TJ Robinson has also been hurt, and it's required guys like Day Day Evans alongside of TJ to play a lot of snaps. Well, now TJ could be out this week and it's just not a good combination. Plus Tackling has been a problem. So, as you heard, Jeff Scott announced on Tuesday, and here's that little insight Coach Spencer told me in our conversation that you'll hear on our pregame show that this is definitely a head coach's decision. Of course, Glenn has to kind of co-sign off on it, but that's what the coach wants, and that's why they went live tackling, and the risk is, of course, the folks doing the tackling. One of them could get injured, but here's what the defensive coordinator thinks.
1: Well, Jay, we'll have to see. You know, obviously, you keep searching for answers, and it's it's a, it's a fine balance. You know, you're in the of season, and you know, already have a few starters out and some backups injured, So, but we made the decision, uh, you know, to, to go full, uh, just, you know, not the whole practice, just a couple of periods, trying to train them to, to play at more game speed, you know, than just a, a thud. You try to get that out of thud, but. Uh, without bringing them down, but sometimes, you know, it's that those last uh, two or three inches of a tackle that makes it or misses it. And if you don't practice it, obviously, normally you practice it more in spring and early in fall camp, but but we just got to find a way to try to improve it. It doesn't guarantee anything. It's just we try to find a way to improve it.
0: Something else we get into is how five-yard gains became longer against BYU because of missed tackles. Sometimes you see just big obvious ones, but these are things that can be wrapped up early on in plays and are just being extended. So the one time you'll hear that highlight first, that the Bulls were able to wrap up with pursuit, and that's the big point that Spencer makes here, is the time they got off the field but too many times they didn't. Third down and nine, here's Algier makes the catch and he'll be stopped short of the first down. Brock Nichols made the tackle. They're gonna be about five yards short. We'll see the BYU punter for the first time tonight.
1: Well, Brock Nichols is absolutely one of my favorite players on this USF team, specifically because he's an effort guy. He has all the passion in the world. He's a guy you're going to see make a ton of plays on special teams. And now that USF is beat up in the defensive backfield, he's in there as a starting safety. That play had happened. You probably saw four or five others. Might not have all been third downs, but you know, second, eights, and seven were a check down of five yards, right? Is that a five yard game? right? Or does that turn into a 12-yard gain?
0: Quick pass to the right. It is caught. And the Bulls miss a couple tackles again, and it's going to go for about 13 yards. And another first down, Neil Powu, who has been busy tonight, makes his fourth reception. And the ball in USF territory at the 49-yard line.
1: There's too many times that's happened. Um, so, yeah, you know, you look, you just watch college football. There's a lot of people you know that miss tackles but you get great pursuit angles and uh you don't want to miss a tackle period you love to stone them where they're at these guys are pretty good too they, they get the ball in space and they got a lot of space so you have to reduce the space how do you reduce the space by you know that second third guy not assuming that a play is going to be made you assume that i've got to be the guy that makes the play and i'm 10 yards away you preach that mentality you demand that mentality so all of a sudden there is you know guy that shakes you and moves you, but you you made him break down and created a him to go lateral at least now, you know, where's that bicep? where's the help coming from? Uh, again, we just address it every week and put in those situations in practice, drill work, you know, tackle full. Now uh, proof's gonna be on Saturday if you see some improvement.
0: Something else we're probably going to see on Saturday, some new kids in the secondary. They have no choice. They can go with four and five guys back there to fill four spots and sometime, of course, a nickelback. So that's coming, according to the defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, a few kids that will play this weekend. We had no idea it would be playing, you know, three weeks ago. They should be down there on the scout team getting, you know, getting better and just learning and growing and getting stronger. So, yeah, you got to get them on an accelerated course, a the amount of reps during the week, you got to manage the game. You know, you've, got to, you've got to call and manage the game with what the skill set allows you to do as a coordinator to, to try to win. You know, So uh, that's the challenge part of it, and that's what we as coaches have to do, have to step up and meet the
0: challenge. We saw one, namely Jalen Herring, get in on the action against BYU. He was on the wrong end of a long touchdown pass. What has been the issue with some of those deep balls, especially against BYU? And of course... Definitely a concern against a team like SMU the Bulls face Saturday.
1: It's not a play action deal with those guys. It's a technique deal. It's a you know a depth issue deal, and it's a you know a speed burst deal. So trust me, I've analyzed it to the nth degree. I'm putting them in those situations. I'm putting them in those situations a lot this week. So got to eliminate that. Right? Let's let's make let's make somebody earn it. You know, get them down there close. To the field shrinks. You know, we competed better, of course, when, when it's gotten inside the 20. A lot of the space is reduced. A lot of the windows are reduced. And obviously, the threat of the deep ball isn't there. Got to, got to fix it. You know, got to fix it. Can't let that happen. early. So uh, it's being addressed. And it's being working.
0: And one more from Coach Spencer. This is the one I talked about, how he finished up his media call. And that is feeling like they let the offense down and what he did after the
1: game. Yeah, you know, the, the first thing I did after the game, I'm not, through my play sheet in the locker and anger and I went right to the offensive side of the locker room and I walked around and I looked at all the guys and I said you guys did a tremendous job you know I've never don't know if I've ever been around seeing offense take over a game like they did in the second half they did uh, you know they did what we needed to do to win that game they did they gave us the chance. So, uh, yeah, it kept us off the field, you know, with our depth issues. That's, that gave us a chance. That, that, that did. So we eliminate those explosive plays early and, and keep it close, and our offense takes over a game like that. You know, we should win, win the game. So, again, it's always uh, always looking in the mirror, and it starts with me. So you know, I've got to find a way to get that fixed. But they did a tremendous job, and they managed it the best in an excellent way. Not the best they could. I don't know if anybody could have done that any better in the nation than what our offense did that second
0: half. Tomorrow we'll have one more from Coach Spencer on some specifics about SMU. Friday show, we give you also the latest update from Coach Scott as he does a Zoom call on Thursdays, and you'll hear some from SMU's coach. Sonny we will hone in more on the opponent, and of course we'll really hone in starting at 2 o'clock with our pregame on Saturday afternoon on USF Pools Unlimited. The other side was good, especially in the second half. What was the change, according to offensive coordinator Charlie Weiss?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, there's there's so many different factors uh, that go into it. But, I mean, the number one thing I'm just most proud of our guys for and you the know, number one reason I believe that it happened is uh, they just fought. They fought their tails off till the very end of the game, uh, competed, gave it everything that they had, and they played within the system of the offense, and they just went out and executed uh, and played as well as they possibly could have. Um so extremely proud of, the, of those guys for doing that. We made, I think, some, some, some good halftime adjustments, changing up our run game a little bit from what our plan was coming into the game in the first half uh, to what we did in the second half. Um, and they did a good job of handling those adjustments at halftime, uh, coming out and executing it. And then, you know, n- number one is offensive line did a fantastic job uh, of, of blocking up front and giving some good looks. The backs did a great job of hitting it where they were supposed to, uh, taking what they were supposed to. Uh, Timmy did a fantastic job on third downs and fourth downs of keeping plays alive with his feet and bailing us out at times. Um, and then just really uh, overall, you know, we ran the ball very well. We threw it well. Uh, we executed uh, and did exactly what we were supposed to do. Uh, and, you know, we had some good results show from that.
0: Interesting to hear how they changed up their running attack. It was great to be able to run the ball like they did and chew up some clock. So got to start with that offensive line.
2: You know, we were kind of saying it after the first two games of the season, uh, after the NC State and Florida game that, that we were doing some good stuff running the football and pass protection wise and it maybe didn't show in the stat sheet uh, and so you know we kind of were saying that hey after those first two games we're just watching the tape and evaluating it and seeing some good stuff being done up front and that's why we kind of made that decision you know going into the third game of the season hey you know we got to come out and establish the run game uh, and that's exactly I think what we've done the last two games is come out be able to run the football effectively. Uh, and then as, you know, Timmy gets more and more confident, we bring that passing game along with him. And I think that that'll continue to grow. And I just want to continue to see progress. But yes, that offensive line is the group uh, that, that leads us. Um, very old group. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, they get us on the right calls. And uh, that's someone we can hang our hat on. I mean, I think they have, you know, everything that you want. When we see him, I think Brad, uh, I mean, he makes the right call 97, 98% of the time. I think there's been about maybe – three or three clips the entire season where we would have ID'd it differently than he did. Uh, so that, that guy is on it. And there's ones that, that he gets right that maybe we wouldn't. Um, so number one, when you have a center that can do that, I mean, that you just, it just makes you so much more multiple and able to do so many more different things. Uh, and then, you know, we got power up front, we got athleticism, uh, we got some different skill sets. Uh, and I think they're just going to keep improving, uh, each and every week and, uh, continue to get better.
0: Of course, you got to have running back or backs that can tote the rock. And, Jerry Mangum, that was the funny quote that I didn't play from the other day. In fact, we'll do it here. This is from the postgame show where he was told he had 26 carries. He was surprised. And then we'll get into what Weiss had to say about the transfer from Colorado who apparently can handle stuff, pressure, totes etc.
2: Jaren you had the ball uh, carried it 26 times do you think as the game goes on you get better and you I had 26 26. <laughs> uh, I didn't even I promise you I didn't know that that's the most I ever had so yeah 26 oh that's crazy I didn't, I didn't um, know that. I think what he does well is that he just finishes runs going forward um, and so like I, I talked about before we needed that going into this season we needed a bigger back who can kind of you can call inside zone and He's getting hit at two yards, and it's a six-yard gain. And, and that happened a bunch where he's just – he's getting hit, and it's an arm tackle, and, you know, he's gaining five yards. He's gaining six yards and just taking uh, what, what, what they give you. So uh, he's definitely a guy we're going to keep coming back to. And once again, another guy uh, who handled the moment well. He was ready for it. He wanted it, uh, and just he, he ran hard, and it was a tough dude to tackle. So I think uh, he, he continues to see things well. He's got great vision. He's got great feet and he falls forward for yards. And so he's just got to keep uh, keeping that mindset as we go out and practice and be the guy and someone that we can hand the ball off to 25 times a game.
0: And of course, with Mangum running the ball, the Bulls were able to chew up time, and that is in consideration of what's going on with the defense. You kind of heard Glenn Spencer on the other side of that. What is Coach Weiss, who normally likes to go up-tempo, think?
2: Number one goal. you know, I definitely want to play fast and all that stuff, but I want to win. And so whatever it takes to give our team uh, the best chance to win, our defense obviously is banged up and, has a bunch of injuries. So we got to do what we got to do to help those guys out there and keep them off the field and make them not have to play a 14, 15 possession game uh, like we have in the past. So I think in this last game, it was eight possessions. So that's more what we want it to be. Um, And so, you know, we we definitely don't need to just play totally slow all the time. I mean, it's going to be a mix of tempos. It's going to be playing at a normal tempo. It's going to be hitting a a fastball play. It's going to be slowing it down at times. Um, It's going to be getting in the huddle and you know, speed breaking and, and doing some different things so we can control the tempo in, in a bunch of different ways. And that's what we're going to do uh, and continue to do. Obviously, we had some t- success with that, um, but, but you definitely can can uh, utilize your your fastball plays and, and go up there and go go quick at times. Uh, it's just overall kind of managing uh, the game and, and trying to have some success offensively uh, to move the ball, keep the defense off the field and uh, end up with some points. So even though, you know, I want to be tempo and all that, I want to win uh, most importantly, and so uh, it's a little bit of an adjustment, but we kind of knew going into the BYU game that that was something we were going to try to do, um, and kind of worked on it all week. Uh, and so I think it'll just you know be game to game how we want to handle that.
0: And then finally, yeah, got to get what he thought about the atmosphere in Provo and how Timmy McLean handled it, and then. On the back end of that, talking about the running game, and obviously McLean has that. He was asked, "Does McLean have the green light to run?" Kind of, what's the balance there of looking for your receivers and then deciding to tuck and run?
2: Yeah, I mean it's extremely impressive. I mean, I stood out there in pregame for probably you know hour and a half uh, before the game. Their whole student section was there two hours before the game. I think they got there. It it was was jumping. It was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in my entire life, uh, even from when I was at Alabama or in the NFL. Uh, that was as good an atmosphere as I've seen. Just extremely proud of our group for for playing the way they did in that environment right there. I thought the first two drives of the game, uh, it, it kind of got us a little bit, and we didn't go out and perform the way we were supposed to. Uh, but after that, I thought we came out and did a great job. And I think the, the one play, I think Coach Scott mentioned it too, that always just stick out to me is fourth and goal from the, you know, one-yard line in their student section on the road, you know, down two scores, trying to make it a one-score game and punching that ball in. I mean that that shows some real fight and, and real and really something to be proud of of our guys. I mean Timmy does such a good job of bailing us out on, on some of that stuff, as you guys saw. You know, the biggest thing that we harp on him is when when you can get your completions, take your completions because you're gonna have those plays where you know it's either design quarterback run, it's a zone read, it's a power read, or it's a scramble opportunity where he could throw the ball down the field or take off and run. So really what he's doing is he's trying to go through his progression take what the defense gives him, But if he feels it where there's an opportunity where he can take off and and get yards, he's got the green light to do that. And then, Hey, you know, there are a few times in in that game where they had things covered up pretty well and he just bailed us out and was able to to stay on the run and keep things alive and get first downs. And that's just an element offensively uh, that's extremely advantageous to have uh, that when things do break down, you can actually get a bigger play uh, than if it would have worked out. And you got the luck that you, you anticipated originally.
0: As always, we thank those guys for their time. And again, you'll hear a Jeff Scott update on tomorrow's show you want to hear my chat with Glenn Spencer, it's in the first hour of our pregame again. That'll be the 2 o'clock hour, and then Charlie Weiss in the 3 o'clock hour, leading up to the 4 o'clock kickoff this weekend. was at Corbett Soccer Stadium last night, along with a lot of fans, and they got to see some moments now as it looked like UCF might have had an easier time than it ended up having. The Knights did win 3-2. You'll hear all the goals when we come back. Also, a preview of tonight's women's soccer matchup and a recap of the women's golf stay in Colorado. That's when Bulls Beat returns.